0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to How to Be a Boss, the podcast. I am Robert Carton Jr.
1: I'm Christy Branson.
0: And I'm Seth Sheely. So listen, before we get into today's episode, we just want to let you guys know about something new that we're doing over here at How To Be A Boss. It's podcast at aat.team. Feel free to email us. We want to hear from you guys, whether it be your business questions, life advice you may need, or you just want to let us know what you think about the show. We want to hear from you guys, and we are going to respond to you on future episodes. So again, it's podcast at aat.team. We want to hear from you guys.
2: And on this week's episode of How to Be a Boss, we're talking about how to be the right person for the right position. When starting in the business world, we all have to start somewhere. And this episode is going to be directed towards that. So, Chrissy, what would you say is important for someone just stepping into the business world to know or understand?
1: It's not about you. Going into a company, uh, nobody cares what you're, we know what you're there for. That's to make enough money to feed your family and support yourself or whatever your goals are outside of, of that setting. So I think that when you, that's like the number one thing that I see in interviews that people kind of get twisted is like they come in and they're like, I am the right person for this job because it will help me and it has all these things that benefit me. And that's not what you're there for. You are there to, A, be a part of something bigger than yourself. Um, in business, like the, the company itself is like a separate entity and it requires people to come in and like, you know, make that entity work. So you need to be able to to contribute to that bigger picture and be able to communicate how you contribute mm-hmm. to that bigger picture. So I think once you understand that that is the goal and in doing that, You obviously benefit from it and you bring home enough money and you move up fast and like all of those things. It's kind of mutually beneficial, I guess, Mm -hmm. but you cannot go into it looking at solely like, how is this going to benefit me?
0: Okay. So a part of the process, and it's something that we all have dealt with at one point in time is, as you mentioned, like the interview process. Mm -hmm. So for someone that may be looking to, let's say, get hired here at AAT, what would you say or just like in general, what would you say is like your ideal interview candidate? Because I think that's the direction we're going with this episode. Like how yeah. to be, you know, the right person. Thing. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. Somebody who understands what they're there for, first and foremost. So anytime I do an interview and it's like, this is great for me because it works for my schedule. And this is great for me because... You know, it's, this is a great environment and I like that. Like, okay, we know that. You know what I mean? So that's not what I'm looking for. The opposite of that is somebody who's like, hey, this is how I can help you guys. Um, They're confident. So I think that coming into an interview, obviously everybody's kind of a little bit nervous. Um, I have literally had people just kind of stop in their tracks and just not know what to say. Like they're doing some public speaking thing. So just practicing that aspect before you have to be there to do it, like before it's game time um, so that you're not stuttering and you're having like an actual like chill conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that shows me that you will perform well in the position because if you can't prepare for that first interaction, you're going to constantly be second-guessing yourself while you are working, and I don't want to have to stand over your shoulder. Mm. Um, so just confidence, not cockiness. Okay, there's a fine line between those two, so don't come in like you already got the job. But um, just don't don't give me obstacles. Mm. So somebody who's like, you know um, – what is the PTO situation because I already have all of these things lined up for the next six months that I'm going to have to be off for it. Like that's not something that you talk about during your interview. No. Saying what What does the PTO structure look like? Valid question. Love that. But don't give me reasons why I shouldn't hire you. Like don't give me reasons why you can't make it to work on Tuesday mm-hmm. or why you have to leave early every other Thursday for the thing like don't do that because that's that's giving you a negative perspective on my on my part so um, that would be the ideal candidate just know what you're there for don't present obstacles show them how you can benefit me I'll benefit you everything be hunky-dory
0: okay so this is like a very spur-of-the-moment question but it just popped in my head Mm -hmm. so in interviews. It seems like at the end of every one, the interviewer always asks like, hey, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. What are some good questions to ask? Because I always get stuck at, at that moment.
1: Okay. Um, anything that you do not have information on already. So like if we have not gone over pay during a one-on-one interview, like that's the time to ask about that. Um, if we have not gone over benefits and you want to know what that looks like, Absolutely. Um, another good question, I think, would just be, like, about company culture mm-hmm. or something that would be a red flag for you. So, like, obviously, you want to put on a good first impression and, like, show how you can benefit the company. But in that moment, like, you need to realize it has to be mutually beneficial. So if that company is the wrong fit for you personally, there's going to be, you know, this this thing that happens later on where we're not getting along. So, yeah. Um, You know, just asking, like, if you've had a situation in the past where, like, maybe you didn't get along with a manager or maybe, you know, they let stuff slide um, sometimes and and you didn't like that, um, that would be the time to ask that question. But don't ask it in a way that's like, hey, in the past, my manager sucked, so (laughs) does your manager suck? Like, that's not the way you want to do that. Just, you know, whatever sucked about the manager Maybe ask a question related to that. Mm-hmm. So like if you um, had an issue with the way that discipline was taken care of or if you had a way with or a problem with like the way that conflict was resolved, just something like, hey, listen, if there is conflict between two employees, how would that be handled um, like in in the regular work setting, or like, hey, if I have an issue with the system or the technology, what are the protocols to fix that? Mm-hmm. So just asking a general question about the real obstacle, not necessarily bringing up why you are insubordinate in the past. Like that's that's what you need to do in that moment.
2: I just I just took senior seminar this past semester before I graduated. And we talked a lot about the interview process, and now I kind of wish I would have paid attention. But, like, in my head, I was like, damn, I already got a job. And so now I wish I would have paid attention. That way I could, like, talk about this a little more. And they Stop basically it. They basically said everything Chrissy's saying now. Like, you know, be confident, be prepared, you know.
1: I think that's the problem with school, though. <laughs> like, I know we always raise that, but, like, when you are forced to learn something that is not relevant to what you have going on mm-hmm. in that moment... Then it just goes in one ear and out the other. You do just enough to get by. Um, I think when you are in a situation where maybe you graduated and now you need a job, um, or maybe you have a job and you're trying to move up, um, and to a better job, like, that's when that stuff becomes important. And that's when you need to learn that stuff. It's not when you, you know, already have a job and you're not looking or, like, yeah. when you're in eighth grade and it's irrelevant. <laughs> like, those are things you need to learn in this moment, mm-hmm. which is why we're here. That's why we're talking about uh, this this
2: morning. He had us, my professor had us doing, like, whole job searches and, like, mocking, like, made us go do a mock interview Okay. on campus. and like yeah.
1: I mean, that's all fine and everything, but you're, you're not, Uh, uh, (laughs) you're not getting actual feedback. I think sometimes, you know, not to knock the professor, but, you know, when you're in that actual setting and you're looking, you're, you're staring somebody in the face that's going to be your boss one day, like, Mm. and they're Mm. looking for a specific thing is completely different in that moment.
0: Yeah, I didn't learn how to do job interviews from school. Like, I literally learned from family members. (laughs) The very first time I got a job, like, my aunt sat me down and was like, this is how it's going to work. You shake their hand. And my brother-in-law taught me some things, too. He always taught me, like, during a job interview, you look them in the eye. Mm -hmm. And especially if it's a guy, like, you shake their hand. And when you shake their hand, you try to break it. That's what he, that was he said. I'm that glad you what he didn't said. break my no. head. No, no, no. no.
1: Said, that would have been terrifying, no. Robert. You're so much taller no. than me. and like, I would have just been intimidated to hire you. you like, oh, God, you're going to you.
2: hurt me. It, it wouldn't be No, I don't, I,
0: I don't do that to, to it, women. It, it, but if it's, it's right. a guy, like you yeah. said, no. if you shake their hand, Absolutely. shake it like you're trying to break it. It, it would like, be
2: Seth and Robert in the no, content no. game.
0: But it's <laughs> like, that's <laughs> a part of, like, the confidence thing. That kind of, like, lets them know that, hey, I'm confident. In this position, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't make me nervous, even though somebody might. But um, yeah, my family literally walked me through step by step. This is the type of question that they're going to ask. This is the type of answer that you need to give. Um, And the one thing that they also taught me was that your presentation was very important. Mm -hmm. Your appearance was very important. Do not come to interviews looking disheveled, looking like you just woke up. Like, go there, dressed like you want the position. Yes. I I wouldn't even see wouldn't even say dress like you got it dress like you want it because sometimes you know when you get hired the dress kind of goes down a little bit right but dress like you are actually really want, wanting the job yeah. so whenever I go to job interviews I don't do full suit and ties or nothing like that cuz that's just not me right but I will I dress like I'm going to church on Sunday exactly and I try to make sure well I not try to make sure I make sure That, you know, I look good, I smell good, and that, you know, everything that I have or that I need to bring is in order. Yes. I think that's so
1: important, Robert, because you have, like, I've I've been in interviews before where the person that I'm speaking with, they want this job, and, like, a lot of times it's for sales, and this is, this is, like, a six-figure-plus position, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you, it's not something that you just take lightly, or it's not a job, this is a career you're looking for, and they'll show up, you know, with, like ripped jeans or like bad breath or their hair is all crazy and like while I try to be open-minded as much as I can and like not let that first impression persuade me I feel like if you can't put enough effort into your appearance on day one when Mm -hmm. you first meet me You're not going to do it while you're here. And when you look good, you feel good. Mm -hmm. And when you feel good, you perform well. So I think that, you know, just showing that you're able to put in that effort, that you're taking it seriously Mm -hmm. um, from an employer's perspective, that's kind of what that whole, you know, dress up for the interview thing is about. It's just showing that you can take that initiative.
0: Especially if it's like a position where you're going to be in people's face. mm -hmm. Like I think with me and Seth, we, we might get a little bit, Lean, a little bit of leniency, because we're not in everybody's totally, face. Yeah.
1: Like, we are in Y'all a office. you wear tennis shoes to work, I and do. I let it slide, <laughs> but I wouldn't do that with the sales floor, you know?
0: I was so. hoping you didn't notice that. I wear <laughs> it's <weird> tennis shoes. <laughs> Man,
2: you can't help but notice my feet I just pick and... my battles,
1: you yeah. know? I pick my battles. I brought that so. up
0: during the interview one day, Yeah, because I had on, they weren't tennis shoes, but they were like a little, they were like a higher-end type sneaker. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this an issue? Because I saw that in the uh, manual, it mentioned the type of shoes. Right. And she was like, um, "It's not. In, it's not appropriate, but I'll let it slide." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like she's, you made it clear that you know, for this position, you weren't necessarily every day looking down at our feet to see what we had on. (laughs) But I think, like I said, for a sales position or a position where you're going to be in someone's face, it's Mm -hmm. very important that, you know, you have yourself together and like present yourself the best way that you can. Even if you don't have the most, make the most of what you have.
2: Right. So I'm sort of backtracking a little bit to where you were talking about, like, learning the interview process. Um, I know you said your family helped you learn and my family helped me learn a little bit, but... My, the biggest way I learned, like, the interview process was actually going and doing an interview. My first ever actual interview was at at Hibbitt's because I'm from a small town. So, like, you kind of, you just go there they just, like, hire you. Like, I got a job at Pizza (laughs) Hut just because the manager knew my mom. (laughs) Like, so, being from a small town, I didn't really have to. You you got a job based off, like, who you knew. Yeah. And... So coming about, also you know, I don't know anyone. Actually, I had to go do an interview, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a that plays a big part in the stuff too. How did you
0: dress for your interview here? I think I I, I feel
2: like I dressed pretty good. I think I'm, <laughs> I th- I think I threw on what I've been wearing to like our our get-togethers when it's like. Black like more black tie event. I think that I red that. suede. <laughs> no no no! What's I didn't call? wear that. I'm saying like that Christmas coat. Take take away the coat, and I wore like a probably like, a button up shirt and like some black pants or something. Y'all listen! Remember. Every
0: event that we have that we have to like That's dress that. up for, Seth has this almost like suede. That was one time red jacket oh, that. that he likes to wear. That was one time. You wore it twice. I wore it once. You wore it at the Christmas event too. Uh, uh-uh, I didn't. I feel like you did I wore all black to the Christmas event. But anyway, like what was what was <laughs> I, your I experience?
2: He had on a green jacket.
0: What was your experience you like see? during your interview here? So my
2: experience, um, we already touched on it a little bit. Chrissy thought I was high at every interview.
1: Every single one. I
2: was, I wasn't though. So my experience, it was it was different because, you know, Chrissy does the group interview first. She has us build papers out. Well, first I can't remember exactly how it went. I think at first she asked everyone to like stand up and, you know, introduce yourself and talk about, you know, your goals and stuff like that. Um, I think it was like if you had an infinite amount of money, like, what would you do with it? And it's like, there's so many things you can do with an infinite amount of money. And then it was the paper towers, like, I think, you know, stuff like that. So, it was was different. I was like, I've never done anything like that in an interview before.
1: It's not a normal interview. It's definitely
2: not. So, it was different. And then after that, you know, you got to send a video talking about, hey, I want to proceed to go forward, this, that, and the other. And then you got to, I think it's the one-on-one interview Mm -hmm. with you after that. I mean, that's kind of when I got got really nervous because it's like, I don't know. I get nervous in situations like that. So that's how the interview
0: process was for me. I can only imagine how nervous you were because even when you have to ask Chrissy like a random (laughs) question, you you turn to me like, Robert, is this the right time to ask her? Like, should I ask her this way? I don't want it to come across. Seth, just go ask your question. My
2: biggest issue is I overthink stuff. And I think, you know, that... That can, like, hold people back when it comes to, like, interviews and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that, like, so, as an interviewer, I pick up on that immediately. So, like, for your position, you know, you're behind a camera or, you know, you're creating content. Um, I need you to be creative in that moment. So, like, I can look past the fact that you're nervous and, and stuttering and stumbling <laughs> and stuff. And, like... um you know, I'm, I'm looking for that creativity and I'm looking for the end result. Um, for the sales floor, completely different. Like if somebody comes in and they don't know how to present themselves in front of me, once they get on the phone or once they get in front of clients, they're they're going to have the same kind of thing happen. Mm-hmm. And while some of that can be worked through um, with some repetition, like I have, to, I have to be able to use my judgment in that moment. So you want to make sure that the job you're going after Matches who you are as a person and what you're looking to get out of your career. So I think anybody, you know, who is getting started in the workforce. So maybe that's, um, I guess, mainly like school-aged, you know, people. So like when you're in your teens, when you're in your early 20s, a job is a job is a job. Like you need to understand you're not going to jump into the job market making a half a million dollars a year. So when you're looking for your dream job right as you start working, they're not going to take you seriously because you have no work experience whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And while that degree looks cute, it's not experience. It it just isn't. Like you have taken some classes related to this and that's great, but what can you do out in the workforce? So I think the first thing that anybody in that position needs to do is just get a job, Mm -hmm. even if it's, you know, Hibbs. I'm sure that wasn't your dream job, mm-hmm. or you know, like working in fast food or working at a gas station, whatever it may be. Waiting tables. I worked
0: at GameStop. <laughs> okay,
1: GameStop. I mean, literally I love anything. GameStop, anything retail, um, anything food related. Those are all great entry level jobs. Who, by the way, should not be fighting for more than minimum wage because that is what that is is an entry level job. But you need to just get. To work so that you have some money coming in. Because when you have money coming in and all of that like stress is relieved financially, no, you're not living lavishly mm-hmm. off of your tips that you make at Red Lobster, but you have money coming in, you're able to survive. And then every time you go to an interview to move up, you're not. You don't have that in the back of your mind, like, mm-hmm. oh God, how am I going to make this payment because I I don't have any money whatsoever. So I think getting a job first is is my biggest advice to somebody just getting in the job market. And then after that, every move that you make should move you up closer to what your dream job is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are super shy and you don't like people sales is not the job for you mm-hmm. so like even though yes you can make six figures you're not going to if you can't mm-hmm. perform so like you need to find something that works for you and then make moves towards that thing not try to jump from your first entry level job into that thing mm-hmm. um, so that would be really my my best advice to somebody getting started
2: yeah I, I, I totally get that like I had to um, when I first wanted to, like when I first go went to college, I wanted to be a sportscaster, and it I, I learned very quickly that I don't like being in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. I, I get shy, I get nervous, can't think straight. I can you know I can talk about sports all day behind the camera, but mm-hmm. in front of the camera, no. Nope. So now I'm here creating content because yeah. I get you know I get shy. <laughs> being in front of the camera is not for me. <laughs> So I, get you, that. I I found I, I found what I'm good at and what mm-hmm. I like to do. So
0: I would also say, along with like, you know, appearance and like being prepared, punctuality is very important.
2: Yes. <laughs> Be
0: on time for the interview because I've learned with <laughs> the AAT interview. <laughs> and it, it, I think I mentioned this in one of the, the other episodes we recorded. Like it worked in my favor, but I wouldn't recommend trying it i had an interview scheduled here for like 10 o'clock i got here at 10 02 Mm -hmm. because of traffic and i got turned away yeah kate Kate was sitting in the front office she was like yeah the interviews already started so i can't let you go back there and i was like oh crap and so it just so happened there was another group interview scheduled for like four o'clock that day Mm -hmm. and there were some spots open. And it wasn't too many people in that interview, so it kind of worked out. But be on time.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think that, like, okay, so just for anybody who's just tuning in to us, we do a group interview here at AAT. So my reason for that is I don't like to schedule 10 interviews throughout the day one-on-one to people that I've never met before, and three of them show up. So my day's wasted. I'm frustrated already I can't give like a clear opinion of those three because I'm you know thinking about the seven so that group interview is just a chance for me to get to know everybody in a group setting where they're not feeling that pressure of the one-on-one we have a little fun Um, I show them who we are as a company and we both get to make a decision as to whether or not you know we're moving forward with the interview process so that's kinda how we get started Um, in regards to that and one on one interviews, punctuality is very, very, very important, but don't be too early. Mm-hmm. This is like one of my biggest pet peeves. Like we usually set the room up like 30 minutes ahead of time for a group interview. And every now and then I have somebody that shows up 45 minutes early. What are you going to do for 45 minutes? Like sit in your car until, you know, there's a little 15, 20 minute mark. So, you know, I would say 15 to 20 minutes early is perfection anything more than that you're just like showing out like that's not impressive and anything past that point like you you're risking being late or walking in at the last moment so like I can always judge who got here on time versus who got here with a little bit of time to spare because I give everybody a questionnaire to fill out ahead of time so that's kind of their busy work while they're sitting there waiting I don't care what they write on that piece of paper I just kind of look at like how much of it gets done. So instead of me having to like write down times that everybody gets here, that's that's the tool that I use. So all of these things, like anybody who's good at interviewing or does it repetitively, there's a method to the madness and you just need to like act normal in mm. that situation. And, and that's that's all they're looking for is like, hey, who's, who's the best human being that can <laughs> work in this company and fill this position to the best of their
2: ability so you best I'm believe I wasn't you. late for any of the other interviews <laughs> I'm glad you brought up that on um, paper because I don't know why but I was thinking about it this morning and like I was wondering if you actually like, looked at them you I know? mean
1: I glance over them yeah. like some of the questions on there they are specific questions that mm-hmm. I like to see the answer to but I mean that's that's really like we're killing two birds with one stone mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Say I didn't show I, I show up early But not too early So I definitely Did not finish mine uh-uh. I don't so, remember If I finished for, mine or For not, interviews right. I always I had this tendency I like to be early Like I'm even early For work in the morning It's like You know but I have two
1: it. opposite ends of the spectrum sitting at the table with <laughs> it because <laughs> Seth is like here at the crack of dawn every morning and Robert rolls in two minutes like every single day. So, <laughs> so <the reason laughs> it's I'm, like his hours are legit 8.32. That's when he gets but, to work.
0: But I get 40 hours every week. <laughs> yes, so the reason I'm here so
2: early is because like, so I get up early and get ready. I get up at like 6. I don't have to be here until 8. You know, he most, does. most people wouldn't like get up until like 7. Yeah, no, I get up at 6, get ready, have an hour to spare.
1: That's cool. I don't have
2: anything to do with that hour, so I just come up here. Yeah. You know, I wait till, well, like... the
1: sooner you get here, the sooner you get to leave, yeah. too. Well,
2: listen,
0: we went to but that I, sales seminar. I don't seminar. in like, 7.50 or 7.55. We Ooh. went to that sales seminar in Florida, and this man, we didn't have to be there until, <laughs> I think it was, like, 8 or 8.30. Mm-hmm. He was waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I love <that. laughs> I, wake,
2: I, I just wake up early, like. Except for the weekends, um, unless I have a wedding, yeah. but where I, where I was going with that is like, you know, you were talking about you don't like when people show up too early, so when I go to interviews, I um, I typically I get I try to arrive at least fifteen minutes early, and then I'll just like chill in my car until like it's like six minutes before I have to be there, and, right? You know, go in, and I'm not Do I'm early, think? but I'm not too early, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think that also be prepared. So if this is the first time you've ever been to this place, do like a trial run of going there before you have to be there. So like you can take traffic into account or you can take like, hey, I have the wrong address or the GPS took me to this weird place because in that moment when somebody's waiting on you, nobody cares. Mm
0: -hmm. Didn't that happen to you like
2: your first day? (gasps) It was like my first or second day. So I was using the GPS to get here because I still didn't know how to get here for real. Mm And instead of 4332 Bound North Drive, I put, like, I accidentally put, like, 433 College Street or something like that. (laughs) And I didn't notice until, like, I was like, why am I on the other end of town? This is, I was like, this is not where I'm supposed to be. So I text Chrissy, I was like, okay, let's go ahead and let her know, like, hey, I'm going to be late. And be like it's gonna be like three or four minutes but you know it's still late <laughs> so you know text her and she's like that's not a good look don't let it happen again <laughs> I'm like I won't
0: <laughs> I would also say like along with punctu- punctuality not punctuality that's not a word along with punctuality make sure that when you schedule the interview that you have like your outside, affairs in order yes Um, like don't do like I did and (laughs) at my old job I'm not proud of this but I I was in a different mindset at that point I took a phone interview while I was at work
1: okay I was in I was doing a
0: job to where like a lot of the times I would be like in a back room by myself right so while I was back there I'm like taking phone interviews for jobs
1: I don't I don't fault you for that mm. at all. Like obviously I wouldn't like that if you were on my clock, but Well, um, I'll be
0: at that point I was kinda like <laughs> I was in the mindset of if they fire me, my feelings would not be hurt. hurt at all. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I think when you're when you have a position and you're looking for, you know, to move into something that's closer to your dream job, I think so like we schedule group interviews and I usually try to schedule three or four over the course of two weeks. And I do them at different times of the day on different days just so, you know, it kind of there's something there that you Mm -hmm. can make it to. Uh, But every now and then, I'll have somebody who's just very adamant. Like, I work a full-time job, and I would not be able to come. Can we make something after hours? I'm not staying (laughs) late for you to show up looking ratchet. And, like, you know, so being able to come up with that solution. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, at that moment, you were working a full-time job, but, like, you figured it out Mm -hmm. and and came up with a solution to still be able to take that interview. So, like, just being – being willing to, to come up with a solution and be a problem solver as the person being interviewed is is vital because mm. that you have to understand the person interviewing you, you're not their only option. Mm. And when when I'm looking at 10 different people and I'm having to narrow it down to one or two and you have three of these people who are just completely like making it hard for me to even – Set up an interview, like they're out of the running altogether. Mm.
0: Okay. Do not take my advice. Do not take any phone interviews while you're on the job. But again, at that point, and I, I promise, I'm not. I don't ever plan on doing that here at AAT because I, I genuinely love working here. Like yeah. this is the first job I've really had where it's like on Sundays I don't feel like oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. Right. It's like I'm going to work tomorrow. Let's see what we're gonna what we're gonna so, accomplish.
2: Going off of it well, not going off of what Robert said, but going off what you said. Mm-hmm. Um, without saying names, we, you know.
1: Yeah. Probably Say don't. names.
2: Let's, let's, let's talk about <laughs> Spill the bad interview experiences.
1: Yeah. You want me to give you some bad ones? Yeah, give oh. some bad ones. Okay. <laughs> I have lots of these. Um. All right. First, the first thing that pops into my head, I had somebody that called me prior to coming to an interview and asked me could they bring their child. (laughs) And if somebody was able to watch their child while they did the interview. What the hell is wrong with you?
0: I mean, like, I, I get some cases, like, you might be Desperate. But at the same time, I'm like...
1: Reschedule yeah, I your know. interview and call your mama. I'm not your mama. You know, like, my kids aren't even allowed to come into the office and, like, hang out with somebody. Like, they're old enough to kind of take care of themselves in the zen room or something at this point. And if I absolutely have to... I own the business. I can do what I want. So mm-hmm. the fact that, like, this mm-hmm. is not a place for children mm-hmm. and come into an interview with your child is just absurd absurd because if you can't get
2: is not a daycare
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like if you can't get child care to come to an interview that tells me you can't get child care on the regular and this is going to be a problem Mm -hmm. so that is my first one um showing up late obviously like at this point, we kind of just have a process where I don't have to deal with that, like the receptionist does. She's <laughs> like, oh, it's already started, and and I don't have to, to deal with that. But there, every single interview, you're not the only one, Robert. So, like, every group interview that I do, there's always somebody that tries to come in the door at – Ten 2 three, sometimes even mm-hmm. ten after ten, and and that's just not a good look. Um,
0: I had to turn somebody away once.
1: <laughs> How did that we, feel?
0: It felt weird. We didn't have a receptionist at the time, and she yeah. asked me to sit at the front desk. And there were like some folks that walked in after yeah. the interview started. So you were like, oh, I, I feel got to experience you, both I feel ends.
1: You.
2: <laughs> um, okay, so
1: something else came full circle. It
0: did. It did.
1: During Absolutely. COVID, we um, I I tried the Zoom thing for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For real. Um. So during while we were doing the Zoom thing, um, I had somebody show up on an interview call with me, and they were, like, in a dark room in their house, and that was dreary, right? So like being a, a well lit place, but I swear, she showed up and had on like a tank top, like a spaghetti strap, like you know no bra like house attire where you would like go to sleep in this shirt on and there was a kid that was like coming at her back and stuff during the interview and I was like we can reschedule if needed and she's like no 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 it's fine so like this continues for a few minutes and it was like a light went on where she realized what she looked like she, like, turns the camera off and was like, oh, no, I can't. Hang on. Let me fix my video. Then comes back, like, 30 seconds later with, like, a coat over herself. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I got it fixed. Like, no, you literally hit the button. I saw you. You're on video. So, like, <laughs> you know, just just little stuff like that <laughs> makes an impression on somebody that you're, you're speaking with for the first time. Did so, she
0: not know notice what she had on or know that you could see her?
1: um you know I'm not sure people do crazy things so I and, would say
2: I was paying attention that much in senior seminars they said, they were talking about how to dress for an interview yeah like, even like an online interview dress appropriately Pre- like yeah e- even if like you don't think you're gonna get up like have on, you know, have on. Be fully clothed too, you know. Like,
1: I mean, if you're doing like an online interview like that, if you're just on the camera, just put put on a nice little dress shirt. Mm. You could literally be sitting there in your underwear. Nobody's gonna oh. know. So, so just put your little dress shirt on and look so, appropriately so on So the what camera. they told,
2: what they talked, what they talked about in like senior seminars, is like, you know, anything could happen. You could have to like potentially get up. So like, yeah. You know, you
1: know, I mean, that is legit. Don't just be in your that underwear. That is legit. I mean, yeah. Be
0: be appropriate, for yeah. sure. Be
2: appropriate. Yeah, be appropriate when you come in, too. You know? yeah.
0: yeah. Now, I've had a interesting interview experience. Okay. It seems like all my somewhat bad experiences worked in my favor because I got the job anyway.
1: Yeah, that's good karma. <laughs> you got good karma, friend.
0: I guess so. You're a good
1: person. <laughs> I went
0: to a job interview dealing with the side effects of some prescriptions that I had to take one okay. day.
1: Okay. Robert so, showed up high. That's what he says. No, it saying. wasn't high.
0: <laughs> it was not high. Here's, uh-huh. here's the story. So you were the one that was really high. No, uh-huh. no, 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 it no, no. wasn't
2: me. It was no, you. No,
0: no. Here's let me explain. <laughs> okay. Because like prescriptions, they don't make me high. So I okay. Yeah, my body has the Got opposite it. reaction to that. Just side effects. Stuff. Yes. Okay. So I had a dental appointment one day, and I had to get like some some tooth. Uh, work done and they prescribed me hydrocodone okay and on my way home i got a call about a job a job i didn't apply for they found me Mm. and at the time i just so happened to be looking for a new job because i was walking working at a call center and i low-key hated working there yeah and so (laughs) they uh called me and were like yeah we got your resume from abac and you know we want to schedule you for an interview can you come in tomorrow Absolutely. I will gladly take a day off my other job. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And so we scheduled the appointment, right? And I'll never forget because it was the next day was the election day, 2016.
1: Mm. Okay, fine. I, <laughs> yes. I,
0: um, so I get it home and, you know, I start the prescription or whatever. I was fine the rest of that day. Mm-hmm. That next day, around 12 o'clock or so, I had to take it. My interview was probably around like one. Uh So took the prescription, go to the interview. Everything is cool. In the middle of the interview, all of a sudden, like, I just start sweating.
1: I knew you were going to say that.
0: And (laughs) thankfully, like, what they had me do was they had me take a Photoshop test. So I'm sitting at the computer and I just start sweating. And all of a sudden, like, I get lightheaded. And there was another guy in the room, the office with me. He was actually working. I'm like... I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> Where's the bathroom? <laughs> so he showed me where it was and I went. As I'm in there, all of a sudden like the room starts spinning. Oh god. I start like dry heaving in the bathroom. Robert, and I'm that? like, "Oh no, <laughs> I am not <laughs> about to get sick during this interview cuz I want this job." Yeah. When I tell you that was the worst job experience in my entire life. I went back to the to the computer. Tried to focus on the test and pretend like nothing was wrong. Right. I don't even remember what happened after I finished the test. All I know is that, like, the next day I got a call for another interview. Okay. (laughs) And I asked the manager, the old manager, I'm like, what made you hire me that day? Because I was a mess. And she was like, I was impressed that you were dealing with all that and you still got through the test. Yeah. You still passed it. So I was like, okay, I got to. I got a job while I was on drugs. Yeah,
1: you were high. You were high. Friend. You, you didn't want to. Yeah. You that don't want to say it,
0: but you were that high. That was that.
1: It was not intentional, and <laughs> that's why that's why narcotics shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> no. Okay, that's why we have an opioid problem. Oh well, but, after the
0: interview, like I was at home, like on the couch, like in pain.
1: Yeah. That's why
0: I tell people I'm allergic to hydrocodone. Okay. Like, so if you ever hear me dying of a drug overdose, please note that I was killed. Okay. I All was right. murdered. You won't take
1: them. <laughs> Understood. All right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do y'all want to know a secret? I'll tell sure. everybody. I have never been to a formal interview as the person being interviewed.
2: See, I, was, I, was, I had that question in my head earlier. I was going to be never. like, have you ever had like, okay. I've
1: never. So every job, <laughs> when I was in high school, um, so I babysat. And, like, that was kind of a word-of-mouth thing. You know what I mean? Like, I, it was, like, friends of the family. And then I tutored. So that started off with a friend of the family who also got me, um, you know, in with other families. So at one point, there was, like, three or four families that I was tutoring their kids all week. So, like, I would just kind of babysit right after school, then go to tutor all these these kids and so that was kind of my high school thing I worked for my dad um keeping his books as I was like a senior and stuff and you know had some financial experience and then right out of high school I started locating and it was a very informal like hey do you want a job kind of thing from a friend and that's how it got started and so when I had to do my first interview as the interviewer I freaked out because I realized I had never experienced that before and so I think that that kind of helped me over the years to not have my blinders on as to what an interview should look like so it allowed me to, to really like get creative with the process mm-hmm. to find something that worked for not only us as a company and me personally but like also helped the people who I'm interviewing to mm-hmm. not, you know, go through and waste their time wanting a job that they didn't like, or you know, not know what they were in for once they actually got the job with us. So that's kind of how we we ended up like where we're at now with <laughs> interviews. But yeah, I've never I've never been in the hot seat before. That's why I can. We need empathize, to do a mock
0: interview with her one day.
1: Oh, I'd kill it! I'd kill we need it! A
0: mock interview.
1: Yeah, I'd her. make y'all nervous. <laughs> yeah.
0: You only what make means. me nervous when I have to ask about money issues.
1: Okay. Okay. But um yeah.
0: Oh, what was I I'd about be to up say? I that. My mind just Pretty completely cool. went blank. We should do. Was that
1: surprising? One.
0: It was, like yeah. I didn't expect that. Okay. I expect I expected you to have like at least like one maybe nice. like a fast food job or something.
1: Absolutely not. So from the time that I was in high school and like needed to get a job, I refused to be in fast food in like retail work. I did not want that type of job for myself because all my friends had that type of job. They couldn't control their hours. They didn't control their pay. They, you know, had these limitations. And from a very early age, I knew I did not want those limitations put on me. So yeah, I, <laughs> I figured out, you know, different ways to be able to control my own schedule and be able to not have to work at 10 o'clock at Harvey's and like, you know, mm-hmm. not be limited to minimum wage. And and so I think that's part of where, you know, that was a foundation for me getting into business for myself. Yeah, I I just, see. I had that
2: I drive. I don't know if I'm just like high maintenance, but like, I, I, I've never been this type of person that like has wanted to work at fast food. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I never wanted to work fast the, food. The only reason I worked at pizza that one summer was because like, you know, some of my mom was like, "Hey, just tell him to come over here." Yeah. And then after I worked there, like that <clears> solidified <throat> the fact that I do not want to work around food. I hated it. Getting off at like. There 11 at night Mm -hmm. and then having to wake up uh, the next morning go back in no it's definitely not
1: fun but that's why it is an entry-level position it's not something that anybody wants to do long term to like grind like that so um, I definitely feel like if you if you have no other options or like some people just don't they, they want to go work for somebody. They don't want to like set their own schedule. They don't, mm. they can't handle that kind of thing. And, and be honest with yourself. Like, don't try to, don't try to say, hey, this is what I want to do if that's really not what you want to mm. do. So, mm. working fast food, I, there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Starting out, it, for me personally, I was like, no go. I need something different than that. So, mm. you know, not to knock anybody who works in fast food because I, Literally could not do that job. Um, It looks brutal. Um, People treat fast food workers so terribly. I I try to... You know, smile and tip good because I, I know not even from experience like that's miserable, mm-hmm. especially when you're not getting paid. Well, so whenever um, I go
0: to like any fast food, any restaurant in general, I make sure that whoever serving me, I'm like treating them the best that I possibly yes. can because I don't want nothing put in my food.
1: Absolutely, bad. <laughs> so, and like I mean, and plus I know,
0: folks, it's like you said, it's a struggle. Yeah. So they Might not be having the best of day. They probably just had someone that cursed them out or tipped them really bad before. And it's like, I just want to help make their day a little bit better. Try to be as least difficult as possible.
2: Since we're talking about proper etiquette, how would you say you should properly follow follow up with an interviewer?
1: Oh, I love this question.
0: Um, love that, segue. Yeah, that segue. that was good. That was I'm good nice. at Segway. Yeah. <laughs> um, Segway Sheely. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> okay, let me... Sh- <laughs>
1: Put it on a shirt. Um, so I think that after an interview, and this is just with me, other people may have a different opinion um, and may want you to jump through hoops. I do not want somebody to like have to follow up with me 17 times, but in that moment, I'm looking for somebody who can think outside the box a little bit. Um, so I, a a follow-up email is always a great start. So like just saying, Hey, thank you for interviewing me today. Um, I look forward to working with you guys. If there's anything else you need from me to make a decision, please let me know. Um, that's great. If you do not get a response to that email or if it's just like a, okay, thanks, and then you don't hear anything back, don't just keep sending emails. That is falling on deaf ears. It's redundant. You've already done that. Try something new. So, like, being able to actually get on the phone and make that phone call, even though you're nervous, even though, like, uh, that may not be comfortable, that shows a lot that you will take the initiative to get what you want. Um, so making that phone call, maybe it's a text message. So like when we do interviews here, I pass out my card. It has my email address. It has my cell phone number. Um, shooting a text, calling the cell phone, like not being afraid to do what it takes to get that job. Um, and try all of the methods. So like if I'm just getting text after text after text, that's annoying. Or like call after call after call, that's annoying. My, the receptionist has told me you called. Like I see that. That even if we don't speak, I know that it happened. So mm-hmm. try something different to get that thing. So with the sales team, that's super important to be able to do that because that's literally what their job is: is to mm-hmm. go out in the marketplace and get in touch with people. Um, for everybody else, I still just I look for that initiative, mm-hmm. even if it's not like you know going above and beyond like I would expect from the sales team, still being able to. To do all those things without being annoying, don't be annoying. Mm-hmm. If what you're doing would annoy you, if you were receiving it, just stay away from that.
0: <laughs> so, uh, well, I would say, like, with uh, after I did my one-on-one interview with you, I did, I was one of the ones that was sending out like emails, but I wasn't sending them like, <laughs> I wasn't sending them like back to back, right? Like, yeah. I would send it and like let a significant amount of time pass yeah. like i, I did low-key think you ghosted me at one point okay but at that I point probably did. at that point i was just like well i guess the job just wasn't for me and then at that moment that's when you responded i okay. remember
2: i had lost the card with like the number <laughs> i don't know how i lost it but i lost it i lost the card with the number and the email i still got it so i had to i can't remember i there i either emailed or, text or i text her and was like hey i lost the card and i'm trying to send you this video How can I send it to you?
1: Did you get a response? I I did. Yeah?
2: I did. I got a response and I was happy. And then I sent, I think I sent a video after that. Man, that
0: was embarrassing. though. Yeah. I will also say in my defense, whenever you responded to me, you would say, you know, you should hear back from me by this date. Right. And so whenever that date passed, that's when I would give it like three or four days or so. Like I I did not want to be annoying. Yeah. Mm.
1: When you're doing your follow-up, remember you're there for a reason, mm-hmm. which is like, hey, I want to help you and in turn help me. Like I know that everybody that shows up at Advanced Daughter Transfers to get a job, they're there for themselves. Like that's a given. You mm-hmm. wouldn't just come to work because you like us. You know, you're, you're there to make money and you're there to use the company to do so. Well, guess what, guys? I'm there to use you to grow the company. So as long as we're on the same page about like what our role is in that relationship and we're fulfilling our end of that bargain, um, we can do big things together. And I think if every company thinks that way and every employee thinks that way, then everybody grows and everybody wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so for somebody who is looking for a job, Please don't get caught up with a company who doesn't feel that way. So when you are asked, like, hey, are there any questions for me, Um, ask questions about their culture. Mm -hmm. Ask questions about, you know, what they would do in sticky situations. And any red flags that you see in that moment, go find something else because you don't want to end up in a job where you're miserable and where, you know, things that aren't cool with you or, or don't fly with your personality are an everyday thing.
0: And I think that's a good place to end this episode because yeah. there was a lot of vital information given out. And my takeaway from it was, you know, when you have an interview, make sure that you have your stuff in order. Make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, if you need a babysitter, that you got that. If you can't get one, you know, mm-hmm. try to reschedule. Try to, like, figure out a solution for it. Yeah. Also make sure that, you know, when you do the interview that you're on time. You look good. You have, to an extent, like your your answers together for any potential questions. Make sure that you present yourself in a way that you would hire yourself. Yeah. If someone came to you looking for a job, make sure that you present yourself the way you would want to hire somebody.
1: Absolutely. So I would say if there was a takeaway anybody could, could use from this, um, you, just know, know your place in the big scheme of things. Know mm-hmm. that you're there. benefit the company you will get benefited in return everybody wins everybody's Mm -hmm. happy and if you can find a job or work towards a job where you love what you do you come to work every day excited um, that that shows you'll move up fast because it'll be noticed Just just make sure that you are going to interview with companies that appreciate you and respect you as an employee and then you won't be miserable going to work every day.
0: Absolutely. Like I'm not miserable coming to AAT. I love (laughs) it. I love that. That's what we set set out to do. Seth, you got anything?
2: Yeah, like just like y'all said, you know, be prepared, know what you're interviewing for. Mm -hmm. um, be confident, not cocky, and follow up, but don't be Don't be redundant when you follow up. Don't be annoying. Don't be annoying.
0: Yeah. Well, that's all we got for this episode. So y'all be sure to follow us on all of our social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Just search Advanced Auto Transfers and we will be there. Also, follow us on YouTube, AAT TV. Be sure to check out This Is The Deal. We have a new episode up right now. Also, am I forgetting anything? The website. Yes. www.autotransfers.com. If you are a dealership and you need inventory, we got you. Absolutely. So, uh, I think that's about it for this episode. This was a good episode. Yeah. I've learned when I get comfortable behind this mic, I reveal stuff that I normally don't tell people. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm over here reading like emails that I sent. To yeah. Oh, I'm God. Like, yeah.
2: Don't just let's uh, move that forward.
1: Let's move yeah. past that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Once again, I'm Robert Cardin Jr.,
1: I'm Chrissy Brinson,
0: and I'm Seth Sheely. And, and this was How to Be a Boss. That's a weird way to end it, but all right. <laughs>
2: The top of the